and you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Gut instinct is a, is a big thing. And if you think it's wrong, then change tack. Go somewhere else. Go somewhere where you can be safe. You can get your head together. If you don't feel like you're in that situation, push on. Welcome to the Travel Stories Podcast, where we bring you immersive, inspiring, and international travel stories of freedom and adventure from travellers around the world. Here is your host, Hayden Lee. What do we do when things go wrong? Do we pop off to the Winchester, have a pint, and wait for it all to blow over? Sometimes. Or do we face it head on? Do we try and solve the situation and get out of there alive? What about if it's a situation where you have no control over? What about if you're going somewhere, you don't know how long it's going to take and you have no control over the outcome? What do you do then? Do you just push on? Do you tell someone? Do you try and fight whatever's happening to you or around you or because of you? Our guest for today's episode is Tom Butler, one of my great friends. We've already heard from Sean Whitehead and Guy Earnshaw. Today, it's Tom Butler. Now, this is a live interview that we did, and so the levels are a little bit choppy compared to usual, but Tom Butler makes up for it with his awesome story and great insight into travel. Now, thank you for everyone that's joined the Facebook recently. You'll see there is where I put the note about this one being a little bit late. The reason for that is I've just come back from Brazil. It took me two days. I stopped over in Casablanca. And if you're not on the Facebook, I'd invite you to check it out. So on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. BST, British Summertime, we'll be doing live videos there, Facebook live videos, and they'll be coming onto your iTunes as well as podcasts. They're going to be a hell of a lot of fun, so get yourselves over there. Just search on Facebook, Travel Stories Podcast. On to today. I've already said this is Tom Butler, and this is a great episode. You guys are going to love it. Let me know what you think. Let's get into it. You're listening to to the Travel Stories Podcast, and this is Tom Butler. So, Tom, how's it going? I'm good, man. It's nice to have you around. It's lovely to be in your lovely home. Man, this place is amazing. It's nice. We're, uh, yeah, we're really happy here. It's We've settled in pretty quick. Yeah, man. And not to dive into it, into the deep conversation so early, but we were talking mm. just before when you were making me that amazing coffee that um, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about uh, a, a life of travel and, you know, how traveling is, but then settling down in a way and how you feel about travel now that you have a house and uh, and a child and a, a wife and everything like that. So, Well, yeah, but the, the thing is, I think <clears throat> talking about wives uh i do only have one uh one is enough uh, for the moment no just one <laughs> wife please okay uh, um <laughs> one's enough yeah got it no she's great and i think you know if you if you're in a supportive relationship it doesn't really matter you whether you have children or not you do what you think is right for the time and priorities change and we'll always have a thirst for travel what something that will have changed our view on traveling will also be trying to instill a love of traveling in our little one and mm. little ones if mm. we have more. Uh, but it's just slightly different, you know. We're not going to take her to the Amazon at two right. years old. We yeah. just, some people do, some people will. That's fine. I don't, I don't want to feel the responsibility, you know, yeah. if something goes wrong. That's heavy. That's that heavy. makes a lot of sense, man. But there's plenty of places that are safe. We went 
you know, to to Greece and the south of France recently and mm. the places that I've never been but are absolutely incredible, beautiful, beautiful places with amazing culture and that's that's something that you crave for as someone who enjoys travelling and enjoys humanism and naturalism. <laughs> is and that uh, similar to naturism? No. Or? No, okay. I, no, a naturalist is the one that's clothed. <laughs> right, got it. They don't want to get bitten by the stuff they handle. Um, well, I'm sure that I'm sure on the Venn, is it a Venn diagram? Yeah, Venn diagram. I'm yeah. sure there's an overlap somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there is. But I reckon it'd be about four people. Right, got it. Um, so yeah, anyone that's sort of interested in the world, everywhere, everywhere is is good to go. Yeah, everywhere. absolutely, man. Yeah. And it boils down to living here. Like <clears throat> we are in rural Shropshire, in the middle of England. It's a beautiful place. Like yeah, man, I did a Snapchat video on the way here, mm. just coming down the road because it just you know you know this road from my place to yours. Mm. I just said because I've never been here before. And uh, what was it I said? I think it was I was unaware that Tom Butler lived in Narnia. But yeah, there you go. <laughs> you see. This is the thing. When I got back from the longest stint of traveling that I did with the, my wife, who's my then girlfriend, we went from like India and right the way around, you know, Nepal, China, all through Southeast Asia, Japan. Uh, we went to California, down to Peru mm. and back home and some amazing landscapes, amazing scenery, you know, things that I'm not going to go into, like people will have seen them. And if you haven't seen them, it's too difficult to describe. You need to go to places. Yeah, to I say this all the time. You just need to yeah, go. Definitely. But flying in, and it was it was getting late. It was it was sort of uh, dusk. Mm. Flying in over the UK, so lush and green that this is the strangest thing that's happened to me. But other than if someone's put a bacon sandwich in front of me, like my mouth started to water at seeing the lush no greenery of the fields of the uk and that was you know that's down in i don't know where we would have been flying over but mm. it's a gorgeous country but it's culturally you know it's one of those things that it can never give me what i want you everyone wants difference and mm. that's something again that marley my daughter we want to try and instill around here you're going to have one culture and it's yeah. middle england it's you know more or less around here I'm not middle class, but you know, you, it's it's middle class, yeah, white England. Oh, very much so. And that's not that's not cool. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, but it's it's not enough, you know. And it's not enough for for yourself. And I totally agree. It's not enough for me. And I think it, there's a lot of people that it's not enough for, and they want to see what's out there in the world, and they want to. This is why a lot of people, especially nowadays, because they're afforded the opportunity with flights and the mm. ease of it are going are choosing travel and choosing mm. even even if it's not a life of travel they're choosing to have it as a part of their lives it's it, it's accessible yeah it's accessible. so accessible mm. like 100 places you could go for under 100 quid oh easily like it's easily. it's nothing and and that's really cool that's a good that is a, a really good time to be born into mm. you've got yeah. the world at your fingertips from day 1 and I think if you're around the right people or not the right people, that, that sounds like it's a negative to not want to do it. You know, yeah. if you want to stay in your hometown, that's fine. Do what you want to do. Do what makes you happy. That's 
that's perfect, but it is more accessible. It is easy to get around and the internet's done that. Social media has done that. There'll be people listening to this that are from countries that I may have never heard of. Mm -hmm. There, There is one. I, I can't remember. I can't even remember what it is. And I looked at it and I'm like, that's it. That's a country, <laughs> but apparently so. Yeah. So hats off to that guy. Well, this is it, you know, and he's found it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's found it and it's accessible. The world is hopefully becoming more one. Totally, man. I think you're absolutely right. Now you said you went traveling with your, your now wife, your then girlfriend, mm -hmm. and you, you guys were actually uh, one of the inspirations for, for my traveling. So you, you influenced me through your pictures and videos and your, all your updates to, to think about traveling and to, and I don't know, you kind of instilled this want and need to go do it. You know, I don't think I've ever told you that before, but yeah, you, you were one of the main influences in my travel life. That's a very, that's humbling. <laughs> that's a very cool thing. Um, quite often I feel that I haven't really done anything with my life, <laughs> but I can die happy. Yeah, well, this podcast, I'm we not, wouldn't be doing this. You know? <laughs> I'm not being sarcastic either because, you know, this is, that's really, that's really quite touching because the amount of people that you're reaching out to now mm. and encouraging and uh, inspiring and pushing to go as well. I, so you're saying I can take full credit for that? Almost it, full. How much, <laughs> how much credit can I take for that? I reckon at least, at least 2%. At 2%? Least. Um, listen. 2% of something is better than 100% of nothing. <laughs> That's such a good point. <laughs> You're right there, man. So, um, no, I appreciate that. That's, that's cool. That's cool. And we kind of, we didn't, we didn't jump on the, the sort of blogging bandwagon when we were away, mm. which is a shame because my wife, she, she likes writing and, but it was early on. It was early doors for that. Mm, you know? Yeah. Um, what year was that? I don't know. Six, maybe six years. Six yeah. years ago, seven, well, maybe. Yeah, maybe something like that. Something so like who that. was it that, <clears throat> where did the idea come about? Did you, did you say to Laura, these, you know, how did it? Well, before we got together, we've been friends for years, but before we got together, um, she'd been to a few places. I'd been to Australia a couple of times and New Zealand and Japan and Kenya. Um, and you go to those sorts of places and you're not going to want to stop going to places. Yeah, yeah. Before we even got together, we were talking about going to China just for, you know, maybe four weeks, mm. uh, just a pair of us just go. I've always as a kid, like I was obsessed with pandas and China, not, not so much the culture, but the, the, the landscape, yeah, the wildlife, yeah. mm. you know, and the vastness of the country as a kid, you don't understand the politics and, and the, I'm not going to, not dangers, but the troubles yeah. that were possibly in China, maybe are in China. Um, and we were going to go there. We ended up getting together before we really planned that fully. And we kind of just said, well, why just China? Let's do more. Let's do all of it. It's now <laughs> the, like. the chance, not all of it. You know, we can't do all of it, but let's do as much as we can in as much time as we've got. And mm. we were lucky that we were in a position to be able to leave work. I was self-employed at the time and, uh, she had her own business also. and. We, we took the opportunity, saved up as much money as we could and, and left. Mm. So if someone else was thinking about getting into travel and thinking about, well, you know, I've 
grown up and ever since I've been grown up, I've been thinking, I really love pandas. I want to go to China, right? How would, what would you say to them if they're kind of, you know, a little, a little unconfident about it? They think, well, can I travel alone? Do I know, you know, or even not alone? Can I travel just in general? They have fears and anxieties about it. And it seems like this big kind of, this really big thing. Like, what would you, what would you say to them? Well, you, you, people have got to understand that unless you're going into the back end of nowhere, um, where there literally are no people, <laughs> people live there. And to think that you aren't capable of living somewhere or much less travel somewhere when there's already people there is a silly thought. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't want to belittle people's anxieties. They can be real fears and real anxieties mm -hmm. to get over. But you've got to understand that there are people there. There's always going to be people that have traveled there and there's always going to be people that will travel there and travel from there. Mm. You can get into traveling. You don't have to go anywhere to get into traveling. You know, you can, you can get on the internet, you can read books, you can watch shows, films. You can talk to people that have traveled from other countries to this country. You mm. can, there's so many different avenues to get travel into your body. Mm. without actually having to go anywhere initially take your time if you want to plan plan if you don't want to plan don't plan do what you need to do to be make it right for you because no one wants to go on a trip and come away and go oh man that was that was hell because it can put you off like it can put you back into your box and no one wants that like it's all about expanding and not the mind i don't want to be like or cliched but it's all about experience and, and growth, isn't it? Nice. Perfect, perfect answer, man. Wow. <laughs> That's just my take on it. I think a lot of people try and advise people. They're getting advice. It's, it is what it is. It was what works for them. Yeah. But it means, you know, overall, there are people where you're going to go traveling. Yeah. And you've got to take something from that, at least. Right then. So, on to your story. You've got a story <laughs> for us today, is it, right? Yeah. Um, it's difficult to choose. It's difficult to choose, so I'm just going to... And, man, I've heard so many stories from you. Now, there's... See, so, listeners, right? There's something you must know about Tom, right? So, Tom has a brother called Rich, right? And <laughs> we've had Sean on the show. We've had Guy on the show. And as you know, they were members of my old band. Now, Tom and Rich, they were... What would you say? Friends of the band? But for that one tour, you were the bus drivers? Yeah, like... <laughs> sort of like groupies. Well, in a way. <laughs> yeah, we're all good friends, aren't we? Yeah, and so there's this thing that would happen where each one, Tom and Rich, are both some of the best storytellers I've ever met, right? However, there's this thing that happens where you're standing there and you'll have Tom on your left and Rich on your right and you'll get this stereo story. It's, it's like the greatest. <laughs> you I just, don't even... Is that just when we've been out drinking? It's amazing. You're just in the middle of this narrative kind of adventure. <laughs> it's so good. That's that's cool. I don't think uh, I'm glad it is good because <laughs> my wife would say that I bore people. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I talk more than I should. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's fun, isn't it? It's fun to tell a story. I think this is why I love this and why I'm an avid listener because I enjoy telling the stories as much as I enjoy people enjoying them. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. It's good for yourself, you know. It's good for yourself, especially if it's a good story. Definitely. You know, you it's something that you've been a part of or it's it's only gotta be a positive. That's it. Sometimes it's hard to convey things that happen like I find it hard sometimes when, when you can't capture a moment you cause all you all you have to use is words. 
and you've got to use these rudimentary sounds that you're making with your face to describe like this situation or this view or you know what i mean yeah it's difficult it's 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 difficult i've never had to do anything like this um to have it sort of people will listen to it and without realizing it critique it yeah of course they'll be in their car and they'll go dude shut up like what is this man i don't want to this is going well for you i don't want to ruin this for you do you know what i mean (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll count the unsubscribes after this episode goes live, and you know, yeah, that, I'll that'll happen. For that'll happen. No, <laughs> don't do that. Two percent, two percent. That'll go straight down to one. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so uh, where does your story take place? I think Nepal is probably the best, the best one for me to tell today. Okay, brilliant. And if you could give the story a name, what would you call it? It would have to be called "Without a Paddle." Without a paddle. And uh, if your listeners put that into like Google or something, the first half of that will come up. Yeah, the old English phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You might want to elaborate on that as and when. Yeah, maybe. Uh, But all will become quite clear. Brilliant. I'm so looking forward to this. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Awesome. Right then, you're listening to the Travel Stories podcast, and this is Tom Butler with Without a Paddle. Crossing the border into Nepal from India was about to lead on to a welcome break from the baptism of fire that we felt when we arrived in India. Uh, The first stop on our grand round-the-world tour. We quickly realised while in Nepal that we were in the out-of-season time. That was how it was for the rest of the trip, really. We were doing everything really by ourselves. That's a little disconcerting when you are walking through the forest and there's tiger prints that are about as large as my head in the dust. I'm not the biggest of people and I definitely wouldn't be able to fight a tiger. We stayed in an area of Kathmandu called Tamal. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, And it is where most backpackers will stay. It's, it's got bazaars, streets, markets, art shops, gift shops, amazing street vendors, food sellers, everything. Everything you can imagine, it's there. So we spent our time in Kathmandu, we did some tourism things, we did some wandering about, we tried food, we tried fruit, we did whatever we wanted to do. And in and around the area, there were places that do, you know, sort of adventure sports and tours. And we found a, a rafting guide. We thought, right, let's do it. We, we both wanted to do it. We weren't worried about doing it. So we went in, spoke to uh, a guy, and uh, he said, well, because it's out of season, like, there's no one else to fill the raft. And we were like, ah, oh, okay, well, maybe we'll just have to, like, forget it. And he said, but that's okay, because I can get a load of guides to fill the boat for you. And we were quite excited by this. We were like, well, we're going to get a, a really good experience here. It's not going to be as touristy as what we would have thought it would be initially. Yes, we're not going to meet other people that are travelling, but 
we can go one better than that. We can meet people that live here and that are doing their job. And we're going to get an experience that is going to be like no other, really. So we're travelling down the River Tresilli, I think is how you pronounce it. And it's lovely water, it's like turquoisey. It's quite a wide river and it follows one of the main roads from Kathmandu to Pakara um, or around that area and these are hairy roads, these are the roads that we travelled on initially when it was dark and to be honest if we'd have been travelling when it was light it would have been a scary experience. You know you're 100 foot up and quite often you'll see trucks that are at the bottom and uh, have been left. You know, they, they pass each other quite quickly on these mountain roads and it's, it's quite normal uh, for them, but not for us. We went past a couple of Westerners that were on like a, it's not a beach on a river obviously, but like a sandy bank. And they weren't up to anything rude, but they were both naked. And uh, I don't, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why. In India, we saw naked people quite a lot on the beach doing yoga. It's normal. But these, it's a man and a woman, they might be listening. And if they are listening, like, what were you doing? It was just an odd experience, but didn't seem so odd at the time. It was just, yeah, normal. So it was coming to the close of the day, and one of the guides had fallen in, and we'd all had a bit of a laugh, and we got to know these people, because you're spending... It was a good six six hours in a raft with them, so it was it was nice, good conversations, learned a lot about the country and and the river, and we uh, we pulled to the side and met up with another group of guides that that were there to settle down to camp over for the night. Got into some dry, comfortable clothes, sat down and they started to prepare food. They brought over some popcorn, which I didn't see them make, but um, it was beautiful and fresh, and you could just, they'd have been doing it over the fire, and, and they brought a little little puppy over to us. It was a mongrel of some description, and they'd found this dog running around on the road, um, you know, tens of feet above, above us, and they brought him down because they didn't want him to to get into any trouble up there or even cause an accident possibly and he was called Bob so we played with Bob a lot like he was very cool he was a very cool little puppy stroking him playing with him he was biting us you know doing what doing what puppies do we were eating popcorn we were eating food we had a great time the sun went down they lit a fire And I like camping anyway, but that's a place you want to be camping. Next to a nice river, the other side of the world, with people that do this every day. It was great fun. We were joined by a Western girl. Uh, she was English. Again, she seemed to come out of nowhere, like the, the, there was no villages around. She knew a few of the guides. She was very bohemian. She just did what she wanted by the looks of it and she came and chilled with us for a while and we, we just chatted, exchanged stories Bob was running around us still 
and then we got our heads down, ready for the next day's rafting. So the next morning, I wake up pretty early. I get up, and for the first time that we were in Nepal, I needed to go to the toilet more desperately than I needed to before. So off I went behind a little screen that was put up and over a little hole that had been dug. The relief that I felt going to the toilet at that time of the morning before getting into my wetsuit and jumping in the raft, it made me very happy. I even remarked on it when I went back to my girlfriend at the time and said, that's lucky, that is lucky. I hope that she laughed. I can't remember now. She probably didn't. And, and we got packed up, jumped into our wetsuits, and away we went. We had about six hours rafting to get to our destination, and, and we settled in to get to where we needed to go. Little did I know that that morning's trip to the toilet was just the beginning of what I had to deal with for those six hours. I don't know if anyone's ever been in this situation before, but if you're in a wetsuit, you don't want to risk any bodily functions whatsoever because if anything comes out, it's staying in your wetsuit. And it wasn't my wetsuit. I didn't want to have that close to me for that long. So I'm like trying to play it cool. No one really knows this is going on in my head and I'm... And maybe an hour in, sweating, thinking, I, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I, I don't know. I need to go. And I didn't know that we were having to go for six hours that day. And I just thought, well, we can't be that far. How long do we go before we have to stop and turn back? And I didn't want to say, how far is it? Because I didn't want to seem like I wasn't enjoying myself. And I was enjoying myself. But the pressure was building. And, and the panic was building. You know, this this was starting to become a real, real issue. So eventually, we get to where we're going. I've managed to hold off for these hours that we've been travelling. I have a good time. I'm, I'm happy that we're there. And the first thing that's on my mind is when we pull in, where's the toilet? And they said, oh, we just need to get all our gear up this hill to the road first. And I was like, what hill? And they just turned and pointed and this wasn't a hill, this was a serious incline, a serious incline. There wasn't steps, it was a struggle. It was a real struggle, that stuff is heavy. And I was in a bad place. So we get to the top, I've made it, you know, my resilience is still, is still going. I kind of think, well, now I, I don't know what's gonna happen next. There didn't look to be anything around. And from out of nowhere, the guy comes out and says, this woman will let you borrow her toilet we use her toilet and I said oh that's great and it was in a little hut and it was below their house so above me I could see their feet between the, f the boards and I'm in there and I don't care like it's just a squat toilet with a little bowl of water to, to clean yourself afterwards and um, and I release what feels like the whole river into this poor woman's toilet and her family will have heard me no doubt they would have heard me 
And at this point, I'm so happy and relieved at this and, and find the whole situation extraordinary. I start laughing and I couldn't stop. Like the relief was so great, I was so happy. But, you know, the comedy of the situation for me was the fact that of all the toilets, I mean, I could have gone behind a bush anywhere and no one would have known. But I hold off and wait for a toilet and it's underneath someone's house. But the relief was was there. This wasn't the end, unfortunately, and both me and my wife were, were very ill for a week uh, afterwards. Although me and my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, had been friends for, well, 11 years before we, we got together and it was a year or two after we got together uh, that we went travelling. We know each other pretty well, but not quite as well as we got to know each other, spending time in that room when you were both that ill. It was very cold. The pillows were stuffed with shredded cardboard. We had candlelight to play cards with. And uh, and from a, a, a pretty dire situation came a closeness, I think, that that echoes on now, you know. We're a bit... There's no room to be closed with each other anymore. It's, uh, it's wide open. And, it, you know, we're all the better for it. It's not a bad thing. I think this epitomises travelling uh, for me. It's not all about what you think is going to happen or how you want to portray yourself to who you meet, whether that be a local, another traveller or the person you're travelling with. Sometimes you're a subject of the environment that's around you and you've got to take that experience as well. And we could have been all embarrassed and a bit quiet about it or or whatever, but that would have made the situation even worse. You've got to roll with it. And if you're with the right people and you've got the right attitude, it's always going to be a positive. That was Tom Butler with Without a Paddle. Mate, I love it. <laughs> it was a it was a tough time, man. <laughs> I love that out of all of the things that you've seen while traveling, I've I've seen some of your pictures and a lot of your videos and everything like that, and all the majestic, wonderful, life altering things that you've seen. I love that that story meant so much to you <laughs> that you brought it in. Well, it, the the thing is, yeah. I could have spoken about a lot of things, you know. I've seen blue whales. Not many people have seen blue whales. I could have told you about that. Mm -hmm. But it's not all rosy. Travelling isn't all rosy. And that is, that's one of the beauties of it. And more than that, if that experience hadn't happened to us both, then it may or it may not have happened later. And I think that it made our travelling together even easier. We weren't bothered about it we weren't embarrassed about it we were going through a rough time and it wasn't that bad really i mean there was there was tedious times there was a band like the one thing that'll stick out in my head the most is uh there was a band playing like the electricity would go and like everywhere the mm. electricity would go was this in the same place at the story yeah yeah, yeah. so in termal mm. i'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce the name and uh we're in this rough rough guest house like i said and it was cold at night 
Mm. It was cold, really cold at night. The toilet seat was the warmest place in the room, <laughs> without doubt. But just over the way, they managed, they must have had a generator or something because they managed to have a full-blown rock band playing every night. <laughs> it wasn't the weekends. It was every night. But they were doing Western covers and they, they were doing them badly. <laughs> but what made it funny the first night was they didn't have, they didn't know the words. They didn't know the English words. They were just making the English sounds. Nice. So it was just noise coming out of them that sort of sounded like the words that they were singing yeah. <laughs> uh, in real life. And that was really funny the first night. <laughs> but this went on for like six nights. Yeah. And we couldn't get out. You know, we had to fly out to China. Mm. So we had to wait for the plane ticket because we were going to go across land. But we met a lot of different struggles with that. Uh, and we, we flew out to China, which had an abundance of electricity, hot showers. Mm. Um, Man, we, that first hot shower after you've not had one in a while. Dude, I stayed in that shower <laughs> for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, man. And the best thing about it was afterwards we got out and we went into, we were in like a proper guest, uh, a proper hostel there. Mm. And um, like that night they had free dumplings <laughs> and it was amazing. <laughs> and the next day was Chinese New Year's Eve. Oh, nice. So again, fate seemed to mark the next chapter taking the bad with the good uh, you you get out of the bad and then you're immediately head on with all this amazing hot shower free dumplings like the, the the difference i mean it turned like that it really did like yeah. we enjoyed nepal i really enjoyed it but being ill in a place like that and by no means were we gravely ill mm. but being ill in a place like that it's not cool but it's part of traveling. It's part of traveling. If you if you go somewhere and are ill, and you live through it, then you can go wherever at whatever stage in your life, can't you? Absolutely, man. Like so, what you're saying is there are bad things that happen on the road. Sometimes, obviously, there are bad things that happen when you're not on the road. They're, these things are going to happen, and I think. I think that a lot of it has to do with how you deal with bad things. This isn't, again, this isn't just travel. This is just in life. But specifically with travel, when bad things do happen, regardless of the scale or the size, do you have a certain way of, of dealing with them? Do you have a certain mindset when they come along? Or how do you deal with that? You have to take um, a view, I think, however the situation arises. Um, when we first arrived in Nepal, where we were, where we were supposed to be going, we we knew that we had to get up to our accommodation and it was up a, up a mountain. It was on the Himalayas mm. and the cars or taxis, rickshaws couldn't take us up there. They couldn't get, so they took us as far as they could and then they dropped us off. And then we asked locals, we said, we need to get to this place and they just pointed up <laughs> and they didn't stop pointing up. So we stopped at this little tea hut that is, you know, it could have been someone's house and you just thought I can make some money off these guys. I'll sell them some tea. <laughs> yeah. And you get a bit of clarity, you know, you go, well, we're in the situation. We're in a lovely place. We've got sleeping bags with us. We're prepared. We're going to be okay. It goes back to me saying before about people are everywhere where you're going to be traveling in the main. Mm. You're going to be okay. So you have to be optimistic. You have to be, you have to be very much realistic. And you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Gut instinct 
is a, is a big thing. And if you think it's wrong, then change tack, go somewhere else, go somewhere where you can be safe, you can get your head together. But if you don't feel like you're in that situation, push on. Yeah, that's it. Things always, things always happen and do change your plans. This is why I'm a big proponent of not having too many concrete plans because things happen and they do change without any of your involvement and you have to just go with the flow. And thinking about trusting people, did I ever tell you about the time when I was uh, hitchhiking in India? Did I ever tell you about that? I don't, I don't think you have. three blokes, no? No, you definitely <laughs> haven't because I would have been saying some suggestible stuff. <laughs> All right, so very quickly, um, I was hitchhiking back to the ashram I was living at, right? And Because that's just what you do, mm. you know. Um, and so I got picked up by these blokes and... So I was in the back. There was a guy next to me and the two guys in front, right? And they were talking. We were, we, you know, we were chatting. They spoke English and we were talking. They said, where are you going? I said, it's about a kilometer up that way. You know, I was going to walk, but it was like 45 degrees. And so, uh, but then we went past where, because I was talking to him, we went past where I was meant, meaning to go and I didn't realize. So I said, guys, it was back there. Sorry, I missed it. It'd like, drop me off here. I'll, uh, I'll walk back. They're like, no, 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 we'll, we'll take you. So they turn around. We're heading back down the road. And then, they turn off the road, they turn left off the road onto this small little, little path, right? And I'm like, guys, guys, it was, um, it was back on that road we were on. Nothing. <laughs> no response. They didn't say a word. Didn't say a word. That would have, you see, this is the thing. Like, that's when I'm going to start going, okay. Yeah. So I'll be looking around at them. I'd be looking for weak points. <laughs> In weapons. <laughs> weapons, weak points. Um, yeah. yeah. So what happened was, um, and like, and I was like, guys, and then I saw the guy in the front. He looked in the rear view mirror. I was looking in the rear view mirror. We locked eyes for a second. And then he continued looking at the road. So they heard me, you know, it's not like, yeah. and so we, no. <laughs> so we carried on going. And then, um, and I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. Do I jump out of a moving car? What? What's the game? What's the plan? So, we end up, we get to this bridge, right? And so, um, the car, the car stops. They get out of the car, right? So I'm like, all right. So we all get out of the car. I figure it's probably safer outside the car than in, right? We all get out of the car and they say, we're going to walk over this bridge. And I was like, guys, I got to get back. And they're like, no, no, this. <laughs> yeah. That's like the instant, isn't it? <laughs> really? Ah, I uh, wish I had time for this, uh, but I've really, you've, I've, I've got to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're like, no, 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 we'll walk across the bridge. And at that time, I was saying yes to everything, right? <laughs> I love that. I, and we've spoken about this, I'm sure. Yeah. I love that. But no can be your friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in certain circumstances. However, um, and then there's, there's a couple of cars driving across this bridge. And I was like, why aren't we driving across the bridge? And they said, no, we're walking. I was like, all right. And so <laughs> as we're walking, um, they said, do you know anyone here? And instantly I was on the ball. I said, yeah, loads of people. They're yeah. all massive blokes yeah. too. Did I not say like, I might, I grew up here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone. I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows me, but yeah. So we continue walking over and then, we get to the end of the bridge and there's the Himalayas, right? And there's all the mountains. And they say, we're going to go up into the mountains and we're going to chill for the night and uh, just have a few drinks and hang out. I said, that's cool, man. You guys have a good night. I'll, uh, you know, thanks for this. And, then, and then he goes, no, 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 no. 
we're going to go up into the mountains, <laughs> including me in it. And I'm like, I'd love to, uh, but... Put know. my mind at rest first. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, that's what I'd be saying to them. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Give me... <laughs> Well, Give me something I can protect myself with if, th- if stuff goes south. This like. is, well, what he was doing, he said, he said, no, don't worry, friend, friend. And he would shake my hand and go, friend, friend. I'd say, that's great, but I, I've got to go. All right. And then this carried on. I said, I've got to go. And I started to walk off. He'd come in, go, friend, friend, and shake my hand. And then this happened again. I said, dude, I got to go. I started walking off. He comes around. He goes, friend. He grabbed my, uh, my hand to shake my hand and then, grabbed it and started pulling me towards the uh towards the mountain like and uh and so i ripped my hand away this is intense yeah yeah. so i ripped my hand away and i was like dude i'm going there was an expletive but i was like i'm I'm going and then uh and then i left i just walked off and it was a long walk back which was annoying but Mm. and then i got back but the way i think about this so a lot of people think that i narrowly escaped whatever was going to happen but the way I think about it and the way I genuinely think what was happening was they wanted to hang out. Because if you've been to India, if you're a white guy in India, if you cross a bridge, people are taking photos with you. Yeah. You know, that's just Absolutely. how it is. And they want to yeah. hang out with you. And I think they genuinely wanted to go and hang out in the mountains, have a drink. Well, they probably had friends and family that they wanted to introduce you to. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And they were like, look, we found this dude. <laughs> yeah. But... That's the trouble, isn't it? Because you you didn't have that experience, mm. but you've had more experiences where you've said yes, mm. and your judgment has taken you there. Absolutely, and it's better because it's gone well. Yeah. So you're gonna miss out on certain opportunities, but you can't think about the opportunities that are missed in that sense because mm. you'll always have opportunities. That's what traveling is. It's just one great big opportunity, isn't it? Yeah. But that's intense. Like I would be, I, I genuinely would be telling people that I was kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a kidnapping story, mate, right there. (laughs) Cool. I'll put it on the resume. Um, Yeah. Kidnapped. (laughs) Go away. Yeah. Tick. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Sweet. (laughs) That was like a a week before uh, my story, which is season two, episode 11. I don't know whether you've heard it yet, but um, on the Ganges with the raft. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. I'm on catch up at the moment. Man, check it out. You'll like it. And then that, that was a week before I got dengue fever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was a fun three weeks. India is intense place, man. India is intense. And that's what you get. Yeah. That's what you get in India. <laughs> yeah, that is a portion of what you get in India. <laughs> but yeah, man. So this has been great. This has been a lot of fun. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have had you around. You're welcome anytime. And you're welcome on the show anytime. Well, there's more to tell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's always more to tell. <laughs> there's always more to tell. But yeah, you know, I, I think it's a great thing that you do. And I've, I've, been, uh, I've been listening a lot and I'm a big fan. And there's room for this, like in a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keep up the good work. Thanks very much, man. And thanks very much for coming on. It's been great speaking to you. No worries. Take it easy. Thanks, dude. Thank you for listening, guys. And don't forget, head over to the Facebook for our weekly live video. Tuesdays, 7 p.m. British Summertime, 11 a.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. See you there, guys. Take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Travel Stories podcast. Get in touch with Hayden on Twitter 
at Travel Stories UK or online at travelstoriespodcast.com where you can find all of the show notes and resources. Subscribe to the show to join us next time for another immersive, inspiring and international travel story on the Travel Stories Podcast.